This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, Elon here. We've got a special treat for the Keeping Carlson listeners here tonight. I was able to get an interview with Brock Sagan from Daily Faceoff. He stopped by to share some tips for us. He gave a bunch of players who he thinks might be smart pickups for your fantasy hockey playoffs. So I think you're going to like it. Without further ado, here's my interview with Brock Sagan. All right, and for his much-anticipated final appearance on Keeping Carlson for the season, here is Editor-in-Chief of Daily Faceoff, Brock Sagan. How's it going, Elon? Glad to be back. Looking forward to the playoffs here. Yeah, really happy to have you back. You know, hopefully a lot of our listeners will find this podcast useful because they're in the fantasy hockey playoffs themselves and we knew we needed to get the guy from Daily Faceoff, the site that keeps track of all the line combos and the starting goalies and the schedule and everything. I feel like you're the one who must know who are the guys that might be worth a look for the fantasy hockey playoffs. And so we have you here and I hear you have a nice list of players that you have to recommend to our listeners. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to make the playoffs in both of my leagues. So hopefully uh, all the my advice throughout the season helped, yeah, you know, everybody out there make the playoffs in their leagues as well. But uh, I have a nice list of basically players that should help you out next week because, I mean, in the playoffs, you got to take it one week at a time, right? You can't be looking two weeks ahead and then, boom, all of a sudden you get bounced. So I got a couple uh, players here for next week that should help everybody out. Okay, awesome. And then I also have some questions from some listeners to throw at you. Why don't we just get started? Who's the first player that you think will come in handy for people next week if they could pick him up? Well, I've kind of broken it down by uh, own percentage from high to low. So we'll start off with a pretty obvious one. I know you guys have mentioned him quite a bit recently, but Nail Yakupov. I mean, he was terrible at the start of the year, but he's really picking it up right now. He's a five-game point streak, three goals and two assists over the last five games. He's really heating up. He seems to you know have a lot of chemistry with Derek Roy. So it's been... Uh, a pleasant surprise over the last little bit for, for uh, Yakupov. Yeah, it's crazy. He's also taking so many shots now. Like, he's really become a fantasy stud over the past couple of weeks, and he'll be potentially very valuable to people. I'm also seeing that his schedule for next week is is pretty nice because the Oilers play Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So only three times. You might be like, oh, other teams play four, but those are three off days. And if you're in a tight matchup come Saturday, you could always drop him and grab someone who's playing two games on the weekend, potentially get five games out of that slot. Yeah, and if you look at his schedule too, he plays the 16th, the 22nd, and 28th ranked defenses next week. So, And if you also take a look, um, the Avalanche against Edmonton, it's a front end of a back-to-back for Colorado, so there's a good chance that Patrick Waugh goes with Red Overa that night, which makes it all the more appealing. Yeah, that's exciting. And so if you're recommending Yakupov, and then let's say if you're in a deep league and Yakupov's already owned, you mentioned Derek Roy. Do you think he's someone that will be able to keep up his modest pace that he's been putting up lately? Yeah, especially with the matchups next week. I mean, uh, I think Yakupov's owned in 31% of leagues. Derek Roy's hovering somewhere around 10. So 
if Yakupov's already taken, Roy would be a nice uh, secondary option at Edmonton. Yeah, well, hey, four points in his last four games and three goals. So I guess as long as that line heats up. Brian was mentioning how Edmonton's power play has been on fire, and that might not be sustainable. But at the same time, you got to ride it while it's hot. And then I guess for really shallow leagues also, we've got to mention Nugent Hopkins and Eberle have just been on fire. Absolutely. I mean, hey, Edmonton's got to get hot for some stretches at some point in the season, right? So might as well ride the wave now. Yeah, for sure. So who do you have next for us? Uh, Mark Stone in Ottawa. Um, Senators have a really nice schedule next week. Four games. Starts with the struggling Sharks, followed up by the Rangers, which obviously isn't ideal. But then they have the Leafs on uh, Saturday and the Panthers, who will also be on the second game of a back-to-back on Sunday. So it's a pretty nice uh, setup for Ottawa. Stone comes in. Well, he has two assists already tonight. So he's got three goals and six assists in his last nine games, which is just uh, which is excellent. He's uh, got some nice chemistry with Turris, and hopefully next week with the four games, he can help people uh, you know, to the, in the next round. Yeah, Stone has been unreal. And actually, we got a question from at PazPens on Twitter. I was going to do questions at the end, but might as well throw this out there. He asked, interesting question, I guess. Is it time to drop Couture? I could drop Stone from the Sens. So a crazy question for earlier in the season. But at this point, you know, you have to look really short term. Let's forget about if it's a keeper league. Couture or Stone for the rest of the year, who would you want? That's an interesting question. I saw that Couture got dropped to the third line tonight, um, but I'm pretty sure he scored a goal as well. So that's a tough one. They both have four games next week. Let's see here. The Sharks have Ottawa, Detroit, Philly, and Pittsburgh. Those are pretty pretty good game or pretty good matchups as well. So I don't know. Here, let me take a look at Couture's recent numbers before I answer that one. <laughs> I'll let you know. So Couture, tonight he's got a goal and an assist so far. So, But it's against Toronto. So I feel like I was actually going to mention one really obvious fantasy tip I feel like at this point is try to get guys playing against Toronto. But if you take out tonight's game, Couture only has one assist in his past five games and, and no goals. One assist in his past five games and his shot taking has been down. So I could definitely see why at Paz Pens is concerned with him, though I feel like if it was me, I'd hold on to Couture. Maybe you have someone else you could drop for Stone, though. Tweet at us and let us know, at Keeping Carlson. Yeah, Stone's pace is ridiculous. Um, I would probably suggest Stone if, uh, you know, the Sharks matchups weren't so strong next week as well. So I would think I'd have to agree with you there and keep Couture. But if there's there's got to be somebody else on that team that you could drop for uh, for Stone. Yeah, definitely look at the schedules. It's all about the schedules now. If you have someone maybe on Philly or St. Louis, they only play two times next week. So in that case, you might want to pick up Stone, even if you're dropping someone who normally you'd want to hang on to. Want to throw out your next player? Surprisingly, actually, I've got a couple players from the Sabres. Oh, wow. I mean, Johan Larson's obviously getting a look for 2015-16. So if you're desperate in like a deeper league, Larson's been playing on the first line. He's collected three goals and three assists in his last five games. So He's, you know, he's, he was a good young player. Um, he's getting a look, obviously, for next year. Playing with Tyler Ennis, who has three goals and two assists in his last six. So those two clearly have found some chemistry together. And they have a nice-looking schedule coming up. So if you're really desperate and you want to lean on some Sabres, I know that's probably a, a scary proposition heading into the playoffs. But, hey, they've been hot, and you never know. Yeah, I'm just looking now. A very quiet... I guess when you're on the Sabres, even if you have a scoring streak going and no one really notices, but I'm just realizing Larson's got six points in his last five games. So this guy's on fire and on the Sabres who hardly score, though I guess, like you say, if they have a nice schedule and maybe if your league doesn't count plus minus, they wouldn't be too bad, though. Actually, Larson, I'm looking at his past 10 games, hasn't been minus once. A bunch of zeros, a couple of ones, and even a three, but that, that was against Toronto. Of course, against the Maple Leafs. But you know what? It seems like 
which is it's insane. You know, Anders Lindback can't play anywhere else. He goes into Buffalo. He's playing with a ton of confidence, and it seems like the team is just playing much better in front of him than they have in front of anywhere else. I mean, it's weird how hockey works. Anders Lindback couldn't buy a win in Dallas, goes to Buffalo, and he's standing on his head, and it seems like it's helping everybody out in front of him, kind of like Dubnik in Minnesota. Yeah, so what's more surprising, that Lindback is doing well in Buffalo, even though he couldn't stop the puck anywhere else, or that Andrew Hammond is doing so well in Ottawa when he couldn't stop the puck in the minors? <laughs> Those are both pretty insane stories. Ham- the Hamburglar is just excellent, though. I love that story. Um, whenever you've got hamburgers being thrown on the ice at the end of a game, you got my attention. Uh, well, I noticed that you changed the Senators logo over on Daily Faceoff. Yeah, you definitely got to get the Hamburglar mask out there. I mean, we had just the, the hammy on the front of his mask originally, but then as soon as the whole Hamburg- Hamburglar thing started, I had to get the mask on there. It's, it's excellent. Yeah, it's amazing. I like your little icons that you put up on Daily Faceoff. For the power users, they could notice all of the little changes you make throughout the year. Okay, I'm excited to hear who you've got next. You hit me with some sabers, so I wonder, are we getting to the low percentage owned part of your list? Yeah, we're getting down there. After a couple Sabres, I've got a couple of Flames now who have really picked it up since uh, Mark Giordano went down. Uh, Backlund's got eight, had an eight-game point streak snapped on Tuesday, but he's had nine points in his last nine games. Uh, he's been huge since Giordano went down. And, you know, the Flames' schedule next week isn't ideal. They have four games, but they're four pretty difficult matchups. But if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, they, you know, they're going to have to lean on these guys against four tough teams. And then Chris Russell has also picked up some slack since... Giordano went down he's got two goals and six assists since he got injured so those are two guys that have really picked up the slack and hopefully for the flame's sake they can continue heading into next week yeah Russell had that amazing stretch of four games in a row with like he had two assists one then two goals and then three assists he's been pointless since though he's keeping the blocks up he's giving like four and five blocks over his last few games so if your league counts blocks then Russell's a good guy to hang on to and hopefully he could also chip in some offense like he was doing before I've got a question for you about my team. I'm holding on to TJ Brody, who I thought could maybe at least keep up a little bit his pace from earlier in the year, but he's basically done nothing since my playoffs started and even like a few weeks before that. Do you think he's worth hanging on to because of this good flame schedule? Uh, I like TJ Brody a lot, but I mean, whenever you go from having Mark Giordano as your partner to Derek Englund, it's probably going to hurt your value a little bit. And it, it doesn't help either because as soon as Giordano went down, Russell and Weidman became the top pair on the top power play. And Brody's been bumped down to number two. So if there's a better defenseman out there who's you know a little bit hotter, especially in, at this time of the year, I'd probably drop Brody right now. All right. Thanks for the tip. It's disappointing to hear, but I need, I need to be told the truth at times like this. No, I like, I like Brody in like one day format still because he's a guy that can score you know at any time. But just playing with Derek Englund's really not helping him. So... If there's a better option, somebody a little hotter, especially who also has a good schedule, then wouldn't be a bad move. All right, maybe you've got a name to throw out at me. So who's someone else that has a good schedule? Uh, my last forward is, this is kind of a sketchy one because we've all seen this from him before, but Alex Burrows, he came back in, replaced Cassian on the Sedin line the other night, potted two goals, but he's, he's kind of teased us with this before. But next week, they have the Jets, Avalanche, and Stars who are 16, 22, and 28 in team defense. So the schedule's there for them, and he's going to be playing with the Sedin. So that's an interesting pickup, but he's fooled us before. Right, yeah, so add him with caution. Another guy on Vancouver who I've been looking at, and I'm not sure he's had such a disappointing season, but what do you think about Alex Edler at this point? Like, he still is their top defenseman. Do you see him getting some points in the playoffs? You know, I like Edler too. Um, as a Red Wing fan, I always kind of wanted them to trade for him when all those rumors were flying around. He had a goal and assist the other night. 
Uh, he just doesn't shoot the puck enough from like a guy who anchors a top power play unit. But um, heading into the playoffs, I think I'd rather own Edler than Brody at this point. All right, so you've given us a lot of forwards and a couple of defensemen, I guess, with the Flames. But how about uh, on defense? Do you have any other suggestions there? Yeah, well, Nick Letty is an interesting case because he was dropped in a ton of leagues when he got injured. And all of a sudden, he's extremely close to returning. He could be in the lineup as soon as Saturday. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but they said today that he's very close. Prior to his injury, he had two goals and two assists in his last five games prior to getting hurt. So he was red hot. He's been good all year. He's extremely close to coming back, and he's available in 71% of leagues right now. So, you know, some leagues he might not be available, but in those ones that he is, he's a great, great pickup on the blue line, you know, heading into the playoffs here. And actually, speaking of Letty, that actually leads uh, perfectly into a question we got from Sam on the patron-only Facebook group. He asked, if possible, please inquire about the Islanders' ever-changing lines. So, talking about Letty, is he going to potentially get on the top power play? And what's happening now with Anders Leonok Poso? I guess you're on top of all the line changes for the Islanders. So, where do you see things shaking out there? I think when Letty gets back, they'll probably slot him back in on that number one unit. Boychuk's been good all year. He's got an absolute cannon, but Letty's played there... Uh, quite a bit so I would anticipate Letty kind of going back there when he gets back as far as Ocposo and Lee it's a weird case because Lee Bailey and Tavares were on apps they were on, on an absolute tear and then Ocposo got back and it was like okay what's gonna happen and they put Ocposo there it didn't really go as well as it was going with Lee and Bailey so they've replaced you know put them back up there with Tavares and I think that'll be the case until they start slowing down or until Ocposo really forces their hand to you know put them back on that top line yeah, it's probably worth mentioning Ocposo's now it's been four games and still no points, only eight shots to show for himself in four games, well below his average for the season. Like he has 160 in 50 games, so he should be getting more than two a game. Also, he's been minus. Definitely for people who held on to Ocposo the whole time while he was injured, they're definitely not getting what they were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, like, just because he comes back, that's not really a reason to throw him back on the top line, especially when they're playing well. So, like you said, he's going to definitely have to pick it up if he wants to earn a spot on that top line again, because, you know, Anders Lee's been fantastic. All right, so you said you had another defenseman for us? Yes, I have Matthew Dumba from Minnesota. All of a sudden, he's picking up monster minutes. He's got an absolute cannon, and right now he's playing on the top power play unit beside Ryan Suter. He has three goals and 18 shots in his last nine games. So it's still not crazy, crazy numbers, but he's only owned in 6% of the league. So in deep leagues, he's a nice pickup playing on that top power play unit. You know what? I have to be honest here. I didn't realize I've been seeing the name Matt Dumba mentioned in a few places. I saw he got on the score sheet against Nashville in the Wilds last game, but I didn't realize he was on the top power play. That's very exciting, especially with the quality of players that the Wild have up there. Yeah, they really started to show a lot of confidence in him. He kind of, you know, he was just kind of sitting on their third pair the majority of the year. And then, you know, the injury to Scandella kind of forced the Wild's hand, you know, give him some more minutes and he's, he's producing. So been nice for the Wild and he's definitely a nice add for those, you know, those of us in really deep leagues. Yeah, and Minnesota is one of those teams that's playing four times next week. There's a bunch of them, but also Monday against the Leafs. So if you want a game, at least grab them for Monday. And then you get Tuesday against the Islanders, whose goaltending is kind of shaky right now. Then you could decide if you want to keep them for the latter half of the week against Calgary and L.A. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you got somebody going up against the Leafs, it's, uh, it's definitely a little bit more exciting than if they're facing anybody else at this point. And then who knows uh, who, who knows what's going to happen in, on Long Island on Tuesday. They, you know, sometimes they play great defensively, sometimes they play dreadful. So those, are, those could be two very high scoring games and hopefully Dumba can chip in. So I guess we've been talking a lot about skaters. Do you have any goalies that you think people might be wanting to look at for the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, I've got an obvious one here. Um, for those of 
us who are in you know shallower leagues. But Eddie Lack, obviously, in Vancouver. The Canucks announced the other day that Miller's not coming back for the rest of the season. So it's Lack's team right now. He's got six wins in his last 10 games, posting a 216 goals against average and a 931 save percentage over that span. So he's been excellent in you know without Miller and it's clearly his crease to lose at this point. So if, if he's available in your league, which obviously he's not going to be in a lot of leagues, but those shallower leagues, he's definitely worth a look. Yeah, well, we mentioned him on the podcast right when Miller went down. So I think that was people's golden opportunity to grab him. And I actually grabbed him in one of my leagues. I dropped Vasilevsky, who we'd been saying was someone who might be good to grab because the Tampa Bay organization were saying that they are going to play Vasilevsky a lot to give Bishop a rest leading into the playoffs. But obviously... I thought you had to go with Lack because he had a chance to be a starter and it really worked out because now, like you said, Miller's going to be gone for the year and Lack's been on fire. Yeah, it's the same thing I did with Cam Talbot. He's just been absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's also an interesting one. We were retweeting from someone a couple of days ago about how maybe Lundqvist will still sit out for another week or so. So people can keep on riding Talbot until Lundqvist comes back. It'll be interesting to see. Do you think that the Rangers would just shut Talbot down and play Lungfist all the time like they used to, given how well he's played in Lungfist's absence? Uh, I mean, it's Lundqvist's crease, but I think they'll kind of ease him back in just because of the way that Talbot's playing. So it'll kind of maybe they'll split some starts here and there to kind of, you know, ease Lundqvist back into it. But come playoff time, Lundqvist is their starter. And unless he falters, then they'll have, you know, they don't have to worry and they'll be able to turn to Talbot. Sure, yeah, but obviously the listeners are caring more about the regular season. And if I had Lungfist, which I actually do in one of my leagues, I'm a little little nervous, you know? Like, I just hope that he'll... I would hate to bring him off the IR and then have him not play on crucial days. Yeah, if you look at the next two weeks, too, the Rangers only have one back-to-back. So it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, how they manage that. I would say probably a 50-50 split, but... Who knows? I mean, it's a pretty serious injury for Lundqvist, and there's no real timetable. I mean, he's coming back to practice, but there's still no real timetable for him to, you know, fully return to the crease at this point. So do you got one more goalie you could throw at us? Yep, I got Peter Morazic from Detroit. I actually just watched Scotty Upshaw put, you know, the third one by him. So the wings are down 3 nothing right now, so not looking too good on Morazic. Probably not the best time to mention him, but he's been strong all year for the wings, and Jimmy Howard's really struggled since coming back from injury. And the talk around Detroit right now is who's our starting goalie? And everybody's asking for it to be Mrazek. It's pretty much still Jimmy's crease, but they're they're going to split time heading into the playoffs here. And if Mrazek keeps playing well, he could take the lion's share of the starts heading into the playoffs. So he's going to pick up a, a couple starts probably next week. And he's worth a, like a spot start here and there for sure. Yeah, well, I would guess at this point... Morazic is having a bad game today, and the Red Wings play again tomorrow, so I'm sure Howard's going to get the start tomorrow. And if Howard plays well, that probably means he'll also get Sunday's start. I'm trying, maybe I'm looking too far ahead, but I'm very curious to see how Jimmy Howard does tomorrow, because that'll affect Morazic's upside, I think, for the following week. Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow's a massive game for the Red Wings and Jimmy. Hopefully, if you know, as a Red Wing fan, hopefully Jimmy plays well, but they've got a back-to-back next week as well. So Morazic's at least looking at one start next week, probably closer to two. So he's worth a look, especially in deep leagues where there's not a lot of goaltending options. Mrazek's probably your best free agent acquisition right now. And then before you leave us, mind if I throw some questions at you from some of the listeners? Not at all. All right, I've already given a couple of them to you, but a couple more. At JTConto5 asked on Twitter, he's in a bye week now. He could afford to make a move. 
Should he drop Stastny and pick up David Krejci, who's still on the IR, but apparently has been practicing, will be coming back soon? And you're one of the people who championed Stastny back when he was in a big slump, and then he came out of that slump, and he did well for a while, and then he cooled off, but now it looks like Stastny's hot again. He's got three assists in his last four games, not too shabby. Would you hang on to him, or would you drop him for the possibility of having David Krejci next week for a playoff matchup? Looking at the next week, uh, St. Louis only has two games, so if you know, if you're looking at it from that perspective, Krejci's probably the better option. Um, but the following week, St. Louis has four games and Boston only has three. The, the main thing to think about when you're thinking about adding Krejci right now is they don't really know where he's going to slot back in because, you know, Spooner's played so well with Lucic right now. So it's an interesting, it's going to be interesting to see where he comes back in. I think they might ease him in. But considering St. Louis only has two games next week, I think I'd probably go with Krejci. And if you really want to game it, though, of course, this is risky because Krejci might get picked up in the meantime. But St. Louis plays on Tuesday, and then Boston plays their first game of the week on Thursday. So theoretically, you could try to get one game out of Stastny and then make the drop. But if Krejci gets announced to be coming off the IR and playing, then I'm sure he'll get picked up right away. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you want to take that gamble, that would definitely be the you know the right way to go. But like you said, that's risky. A big name like Krejci coming back, there's a good chance he gets picked up. All right, and one last question from Anthony Peru, and I'm wondering about this also. What's going on in Nashville, and can any of their players be counted on for the fantasy playoffs? And I guess I should say, Roman Yosi, he's been awesome. But aside from him, all of the stars on Nashville who we've been trumpeting all season have gone cold. Shea Weber only has one assist in his last few games. Mike Ribeiro has completely cooled off. I actually dropped him in both of my leagues recently, just because I couldn't take it. No shots, no nothing. James Neal, he's injured right now and wasn't doing much before so. So are there, oh, Colin Wilson, he was on fire for so long and he's completely cooled off. So would you want any players aside from Roman Yosi? And I'm assuming you'd probably want Shea Weber if you could get him. But aside from those two, is there anyone on Nashville you'd want? Oh yeah, obviously, even though Weber's cooled off, there's no, no way I wouldn't stick with him. Um, I still trust, I have some trust in Philip Forsberg. He's dynamic. He's had a great year. He's had two assists in his last two games. Craig Smith's been, you know, despite, you know, their recent cool stretch here, he's still been playing pretty well. But it's just, it's been a weird stretch of uh, games here for Nashville. Um, Pecorino is really struggling against good teams, it seems like. And next week, they've got four really difficult games. You're looking at Montreal, Tampa, Washington, and Calgary. So next week is a big week for Nashville. And aside from Smith and Forsberg, and obviously the two defensemen that we mentioned, it's hard to trust any of these guys, especially Ribeiro. Yeah, I mean, he surprised a lot of people. He's got 54 points in 72 games, so it's been a pretty great year for him. And, you know, subtract five of those games because he's been pointless in his last five and it looked even better before. But yeah, he's completely disappeared. And also I'm noticing his minutes have gone down a lot. It looks like his season average is 18 and a half minutes, but in his last couple of games, he's been less than 15. So I don't see much reason to hang on to Mike Ribeiro. It's very sad. Yeah, Ribeiro's minutes are dipping. I mean, it's weird because Craig Smith's playing so well, and they've been line mates the majority of this time, but Ribeiro's really got nothing to show for it. I know Matt Collins picked up some more minutes recently, and Mike Fisher as well, but yeah, Ribeiro is pretty much a sunken ship at this point. And that would be a sad note to end on. So hey, before we sign off, how are you doing in your hockey pools? Oh, well, it was a scary final stretch of the season in both my leagues. I think I went like one and. 11 in the last six weeks of the season combined in those two leagues so it was scary I almost didn't make the playoffs but I'm holding on I have a lead in one of my playoff weeks right now and I'm trailing in the other one thanks to a couple of shutouts but 
Um, hopefully I'll be able to make the comeback here heading into the weekend and I'll head into the second round in both my leagues. Man, during that stretch, who were the players who were letting you down? Honestly, uh, nobody in particular. I mean, it was, it was depressing. I have Ben Bishop in both leagues and he just wasn't starting as much as he should have been because they were kind of resting him. So that was tough to deal with, but I was just going up against some tough matchups. I mean, I'm in one of my leagues, it's a points league and anything above 40 is a spectacular week. And I was tying with like 42 or losing with 49 points. It was just, I was not catching the matchups right. And it was rough go. Uh, so just bad luck, it sounds like. Yeah, that's been pretty much the case all year. So hopefully things will turn around here in the playoffs. Yeah, well, good luck to you. Yeah, you as well. How are you doing? Uh, so I'm in two leagues. One of them I'm in the second round. I, I made it through my two week quarterfinal matchup. So now I'm in the semifinals, and right now I'm barely ahead. I think I should be doing better. My team has been letting me down a little bit, too, I have to say. Guys like Jason Spezza, TJ Brody, like I mentioned, Braden Shen, just haven't been doing anything, which has been disappointing. But I have some other people who have kept me in it, including, I've got to say, Joe Pavelski, who we talked about way at the beginning of the year with my bet with Brian of Pavelski versus Stastny. But Pavelski, if I didn't have him, ugh, it would have been a disaster. And also my goalies have been amazing. I'm holding on to Varlamov, Holtby, and Lack. And this is a deep 14-team league where we each have three goalies. So I'm lucky to have three solid starters. Yeah, I've been able to pick up Talbot, and he's been huge for me. At this time of the year, you don't want to get hit by the injury bug. But hopefully Sammy Vatnin will return for me in both my leagues, which would be huge. He should be coming back soon. But you never want to lose Evgeny Malkin. So I feel I feel the pain of all those Malkin owners out there listening. Oh, man. Yeah, that's brutal. I was about to complain about someone, but not as bad as losing Malkin. But in my other league where Brian and I are co-owners of a team and we're in our first matchup we came in first we're playing the eighth team and yet it's a very close matchup and one of the things that's really hurt us is Dustin Bufflin is injured and he hasn't gone into the IR so he's just stuck holding on to a roster spot we can't even drop him because we're planning on using him as a keeper next year so we've been disadvantaged for this whole matchup with one less roster spot and he was supposed to come back Tuesday they were saying maybe Bufflin would be back and then he didn't even come back today hopefully Saturday I guess yeah, hopefully he didn't suffer a setback. They're, they haven't said anything, but he was definitely supposed to be. It looked like he was going to be back for sure on Tuesday, and then all of a sudden he didn't even take the morning skate today. So who knows what's happening? And I've had so many questions at Daily Faceoff, you know, why didn't they move him to IR? And I can't answer that question. <laughs> well, I guess it's obvious why they didn't. It's because they thought maybe he'd be able to come back soon. And then oh, it's the worst, the most frustrating thing. I, I wish I was in a league with an IR plus spot. But I guess maybe the listeners aren't so into listening to us vent about our injuries. I tried to not end on a sad note, and maybe we ended on a sadder note. But good luck to everyone in their fantasy hockey playoffs. And thanks so much, Brock, for coming and giving us all of these helpful tips. Yeah, thanks for having me, and best of luck to everybody, and looking forward to next season. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again also for all of the great work you're doing over at Daily Faceoff. It's been invaluable, an invaluable tool. No problem. It's what I do, and I have fun bringing all that information to everybody. Cool. So if people want to follow up with you, they could tweet at you, right? You're on Twitter, you're on your own, and for Daily Faceoff? Yep. You can follow me at, at Daily Faceoff or at Brock underscore Segan. Cool, and that's spelled the same way as Tyler Segan, so it should be easy to uh, know how to spell that. Yep, absolutely. All right, thanks again, and we'll catch all of you listeners with a regular episode coming out on Sunday as usual. Cheers.